Hey everyone, welcome to the Travel Lounge podcast with myself, Ed Finn. And myself, Sarah Slashley. We'll be coming to you every two weeks to discuss various travel topics and to open up the Travel Lounge to answer all your questions, which you can send to us at info at thetravellounge.ie. And today we're talking about some exciting new developments and looking at when we can travel again. So pull up a comfy chair and help yourself with some nice refreshments and snacks in the Travel Lounge. Well, Sarah, um, very interesting. There's lots of interesting things happening. You were saying to me um, just a few minutes ago that Ryanair have a fabulous new video out. Well, I know, I think we timed our podcast perfectly, actually, because um, I thought it was very exciting to see something tangible and to see, um, for anyone who hasn't seen the video yet, it's Ryanair showing how they're disinfecting their aircraft, the things that you have to do uh, in order to be able to check in and board the aircraft. And they're, I suppose, small attempts at social distancing. Um, but it, it looked quite effective. It looked like it, would, it could work. And they are saying they're going to be, uh, this is to get ready to start flying in July. So, yeah, we don't yeah, have to wait. Yeah, I mean, listen, I totally agree. With, I mean, I must say it's a very uplift. It's a very upbeat um, video. And again, interesting. A few things I thought were quite funny with it. They were telling people they recommend that you book fast track. So the fast <laughs> track will now become the new slow track, I think. Yeah, yeah, totally, but, yeah. but aside from that, and um It'll be just interesting things about luggage, but all, you know, when you're on the plane, no touching, no cash, contact, contactless, no queuing for the toilets. I love that, Sarah. I yeah. hate sitting in the plane and people all queuing beside me going to the loo. Do you? I, I often know, think yeah. that's really annoying anyway. So that yeah. that'd be great news. But um, no, really upbeat. And to me, one when, when Reiner come out with something like this and videos like that, it looks to me, Sarah, like they're they are gearing up for business. And it, I, I'm thinking definitely with the low rates of um, deaths from Corona in the Canaries and stuff like that. I mean, it looks to me like they could be one of the first corridors to open. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, July is is not too far away at all. And I mean, the fact that they've come out and said it, we've heard, you know, various comments in, reported in different medias, maybe July, maybe August, but you, you kind of feel that they are, it will actually, something will happen in July now, which is very exciting. Um, and yeah, uh, the reports from the Canaries were fantastic this week. Uh, they haven't had any cases, I know, in Lanzarote for about a week. And um, the overall uh, cases are really, really low. So it looks like initially, I think a month or two ago, they had said it would be October before they would be receiving any international visitors. But you would have to think that's going to be a lot sooner now. Yeah, it so it seems to all be happening quite fast. And definitely, I mean, as I said, Lanzarote, the last time I checked there, they only had it was like 33 um deaths from the from the virus. So that's pretty good, as you were saying there, very low rate. And um the the um Secretary General of the World Tourism Organization, he was communicating this that the they're they're doing this new um pilot flight. Um, with a digital health passport so passengers will be monitored by an app called h plus high plus card and COVID 19 free and this is going to be um a kind of a collaboration between um the two the canaries 
um, and the institutions over there. So basically, passengers said it looks like they're going to be carrying, essentially carrying a digital health passport. So their medical data, which certifies that they're COVID-19 free, um, will be on it. And the Secretary General of the WTO said that travel will no longer be as before and it'll be safer and more sustainable. So, do you think, Sarah, this is is this is this the way to is this the way things are going to go now? COVID yeah. passports. Yeah, it looked like it. I noticed also in the Ryanair video, it said that um, your temperatures will possibly be checked at the airport. You'll have to wear masks. I mean, certainly. Um, flying is, is going to be completely different to what we're used to. Um, and it will probably remain like that until there's a vaccine. But, you know, we're, we're very resilient and we're used to um, changes. So I think, you know, people, if it means getting from A to B, I think we'll do it. And uh, I also think the fact that the, the Canary Islands has sort of positioned itself now as a sort of a global laboratory um, and sort of like a testing ground. So uh, they may be, now, it'll be interesting to see what other measures come on, whether they come on there first um, and, and see what happens from there. Uh, but this, yes, this, this medical um, health passport is looking very likely uh, and temperature checks and things like that uh, in order to be able to travel. Yeah, well, when you think back, Sarah, a lot of people will remember the time, you know, people used to be smoking their heads off on planes, you know? I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> can, you put, can you remember that? I mean, yeah, God, hilarious. Would you ever think? It's like when you were young, you know, and you were out partying mad yeah. and you said to yourself, you look back in your later years, you go, how did I ever get away with that? How did yeah. I ever do that? You know, was I, I mad? And, you know, I think, and then, of course, we've had all the, you know, the, the terrorist threats and the liquids and 9-11. We've got used to that. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think we are very resilient. And yeah. another thing, Sarah, that uh, I think is very good as well is the Austrians there, like they're talking about opening things up on the 29th of May regarding hotels. And they're now offering people um, testing at the airport. Now, they've stated that they're offering passengers the possibility to undergo molecular biological COVID-19 testing, PCR test for short, and testing on site at the airport started on Monday, the 4th of May. And this has been made possible with the cooperation of this company called Confidence DNA and Allison GmbH and the airport. So that's amazing. Now, if you turn up at the airport with um, a, a, a valid COVID-19 test result showing that it's no older than four days, showing that you've a, a negative result, then you're fine. You won't be uh, asked to quarantine for 14 days after arriving in Austria and as well when you leave. Now, if you don't have that, the airport is charging 190 euros per test. And the medical certificate from that can be used by passengers departing from Vienna as well to prove that they're not infected with the pandemic. So I presume you get a test, Sarah, when you go in. And then if you're there for two weeks, you obviously would have to get, um, I presume, a certificate with valid within four days there as well. So that's just probably a little bit of a, an administrative. But I mean, it's again, what it's showing us here is very innovative um, green shoots popping up yeah. here all over the place. Uh, absolutely. And I think, um, well, the EU are talking about... Um, there's going to be further advice coming but they have at the moment they have the recommendation is to not allow people um from outside europe enter your country until the 15th of june but they are talking about uh relaxing that policies a little bit and possibly relaxing the the quarantine rules depending i assume it will be depending on whether your country is relatively um not covid free but if they've handled the covid situation 
uh, better than others. But I think once the, the self-isolation 14-day period goes, because obviously not everybody will be able to afford to pay for um, the 190 euro tests and things like that. But I think once the, the self-isolation um, stops, I think that's going to open up travel. It'll be further and further, you know. Um, and like, like even here, if we saw the confusion yesterday between Ireland and the UK and we don't yeah. have to self-isolate if we go to the UK, but they do if they come here. So I think that that whole system needs to be looked at, particularly around Europe, that will possibly open up um, travel, make travel a bit easier. Yeah, listen, and I think, you know, Boris needs to realise that Brexit hasn't happened yet. And this policy about, oh, you know, no, France and Ireland like we don't need to quarantine. I mean, I, I, people I spoke to in the UK are just absolutely incredulous at what is mm. going on, especially from somebody that had the virus himself and recovered from it. The mind boggles as to what he's talking about with the stay mm. alert campaign. But mm. anyway, that's another story, I suppose. Yeah, um, but I I think as as long as uh, if we, it'll be interesting to see what the what the EU say now in the next couple of days. But um, I think the borders opening without self isolation within Europe or within certain countries, possibly even bubbles. You know, I I believe there's bubbles happening in in Australia, New Zealand, and you can go from country to country. Even that to allow freer travel between different countries will certainly help the leisure industry. Um, yeah, because like, yeah. people are not going to go away if they have to quarantine for four day, 14 days and on the way on the way back. That's just not going to happen. So we need some sort of movement on that as well, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's going to become like the new visa, isn't it? You know, the yeah. way you want to go you to Russia or you go to China, you have to have a visa or Turkey even. So it'll be very much like it'll be the COVID-19 health, digital health passport. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah, and listen, fair play. I mean, I must say, uh, it is really good to see, um, to see that. And as I said, the Ryanair initiative that we saw there, it's really good to see, um, you know, that they're they're really getting on top of the whole. And I mean, the, the one thing as well, the disinfecting of the planes, all this kind of stuff that's really going to be rigorous. Um, and of course, plane airlines, you know, they want to get back into the air. I mean, and you know, they they want to stop paying exorbitant parking charges at airports and stuff like that. It's, Exactly. Them. And and I think the more that the more that happen, um, you know, people get used to the idea. And I mean, it might be a little bit slow to start, but, um, you know, the further the, as, as the more planes that get in the air that, you know, maybe there'd be a few good deals floating around as well. Um, that's just going to help people's confidence and it'll, it'll you know, get the, the travel back uh, quicker, which which is great. No, absolutely. We'll all be off to the holiday, the holiday laboratory in the Canaries, which will be great with a great fun. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, good good luck with trying to isolate the kids on the beach. Anyway, that's what I have to say. Yeah, yeah, no, not. I don't really know how that's going to work, but sure. No, Look. I know, I know. But it's this, and it's really positive and very yeah. good developments. Um, another thing, Sarah, that you're um quite in touch with there. You deal a lot with the travel agents and tour operators. There was some good news for them during the week. Yeah, um, the tra the Irish Travel Agents Association and a lot of uh, travel companies have been lobbying the government now for quite some time to try and bring in some some sort of credit note, um, so that to, to ease their cash flow, so that they don't have to um, give refunds to customers. And they finally got some news on Friday that the government have backed the scheme, which is great news for travel agents and tour operators. And I should point out. This doesn't apply to airlines. So it's literally a bonded or a licensed travel agency and tour operator that this applies to. Um, and where 
where it's it's di- the difference really is that these credit notes are actually backed by the government and they're included in the travel agency bond. So if God forbid the travel agency sees trading, your money, the, the customer's money is still secure. Whereas obviously with an airline voucher, that's not the case. So it, it is, I know some customers, some people are not going to be happy about it. They just want their refund. But it is, at least you know your money is safe. And um, I funny, I put up a question on Instagram there earlier about how many people have actually received refunds. And of course, like 90% of them haven't. So if the if the general public haven't received refunds, like the travel agencies haven't either. So they can't yeah. refund what they don't have. So I think it's a good sort of balance. Um, it lets them, it eases their cash flow for a couple of months. And at least the customers know they can either rebook something else or if, actually I should point out that the, the it, they're only valid for about six months, I believe, or the cash in date, redeem date is about six months. That has to be confirmed yet. But so if you don't use it within six months, you can go into your travel agent and say, okay, I want my cash now. So yeah. it kind of, it's, it strikes a good balance, I think. Yeah, it does. And it also, I guess it just reinforces the, um, I suppose, the, again, the, the, the comeback really of travel agents over the last year, again, giving people an idea. It, it is. And I mean, the lobbying, they were very good to lobby the government on that. And uh, in fairness to Shane Ross and the government, I mean, it was good that they came up with this because I'm sure, you know, um, these things take years. I mean, you know, sir, these things normally take years, but everything yeah, seems yeah. to be happening at very fast rates at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, Sarah, I'd like to thank as well a shout out to the person who gave me Bewley's vouchers for Christmas. Um, thanks a million. Um, I'm going to be putting them <laughs> up on the. Yeah, just to let you know that I'm going to frame them now and put them on the wall. I think it's probably the best thing I can do with them. Um, and I was very happy to uh, just say thanks again for those lovely vouchers. You know, and uh, yeah, won't talk about that anyway. Yeah, I, I'm sure. Jo- I'm sure Johnny be glad. Would definitely. Yeah, to listen. Oh, come here. I might drop over to him and down down yeah. on the way to the studio one of the days and pick them up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, listen, Sarah. That's really really great news about the um about the for the for as I said for the travel trade because again that is supporting um the industry and um, which is really what everybody wants. Um, do you think, Sarah, that, that the fact that Greece has said, now again, Greece now, for people, another country with low uh, uh, fatalities, and Finland, I heard the other day, is looking at July. Finland have only had 255 deaths from corona, and again, a fantastic country. I've been there many times, um, and a great airline, Finnair, as well. It looks to me like, um, uh, from the tourist board over there, Sarah, they're looking at July. Greece is talking about July. So, um, I mean, Simon Harris's comments there last week about doesn't see anyone. I think that's all kind of, I think that was all way over the top. Yeah, I I mean, I think what, personally, I think, you know, it's impossible to actually have the same level of social distancing on aircraft um, and in general when you're traveling. So I think once there's sort of a general realization that that's not going to happen, I think there's no reason why we can't get planes back flying in the air. And I mean, it's it's at the customers, you know, you could have a lower risk of catching COVID in the Canaries than you would in Ireland, for instance. So I think as long as people are happy to accept that, I don't see why planes can't fly again. And I think the longer it goes on, people have kind of realized, you know, actually, do you know what? We can open our uh, shops and our, you know, we can do more things. You, you know, you saw a couple of weeks ago, like there was nothing open. More and more shops are open. More and more things are going on. You know, like it, it, things are, We there is a certain level, not saying, you know, we should get complacent either, but um, it, there's definitely, if there will be 
it changed with travel until there until a vaccine is found. So let's kind of get up there sooner rather than later. I think we might as well get going in July rather than leave it till September. Um, but I suppose we should probably get on to our guest today. <laughs> So we're delighted to be joined by Martina Coogan, the country sales manager for Ireland and Northern Ireland for United Airlines. Martina, thanks so much for joining us in the Travel Lounge today. Thank you very much, Ed. It's lovely to be here this evening. Brilliant to have you. Um, Martina, I think everybody is, um, we're all, we were talking earlier there about green shoots and some confidence coming back into the airline business now. Yes, I think that's right, Ed. And customer confidence is coming back. Um, I, I think an awful lot of it to do is, is with the safety procedures that have been put on board the aircraft for a lot of airlines. And we have been doing in-cabin sanitization now for the last few weeks, um, spraying down all of the equipment, um, all of the galleys, the toilets, table trays, and all of the high touch points that customers would come in contact with quite regularly. And we've um, taken away you know, the in-flight magazines, reduce down the amount of in-flight meals that we have just to minimize um, that possibility uh, for people to have any extra touch points um, on board the aircraft. Fantastic, Martina. And I see there that, I mean, we were talking earlier about, you know, some of the airports like Vienna now is coming in with sort of this testing system as well. I suppose uh, we're not sure that'll probably spread out as well, more down the line throughout Europe and probably around the whole world as well. Um, there was a whole thing, Martine, as well about refunds, right? I know I'm sure you probably have nightmares about refunds <laughs> and vouchers, you know, at the moment, because they seem to have taken up. I mean, obviously, a lot of people were very concerned about them. But um, a friend of mine um, who was due to fly with yourselves there in April, I mean, he uh, his flight was cancelled and he applied for refund, actually got his refund from United the other day. So you seem to be very progressive in terms of uh, people are getting refunds now. That's the latest policy, I think, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we do give refunds. Of course, uh, Ed, because of the cash flow situation, uh, we would prefer if customers would be very happy to take a 24-month credit voucher, uh, which is valid basically from two years of when the ticket was issued and can be used anywhere on our network. Um, so, and it can be used for any person as well. It can be transferable over to somebody else. Um, but refunds, where they've been affected by the COVID-19 situation where we've had to cancel flights and can't reschedule people, um, we absolutely uh, will allow people to put through for their refund. Um, there could be a delay in getting them, so I'm really glad to hear that your friend got it in a timely manner. Um, but it's just about volume, Zed. Um, a lot of people you know, want to travel again next year, and some people that were going for a specific occasion just can't. And uh, you know, we're happy then to process that refund for them. Yeah, of course. And I mean, 24 months is very good as well. Some of the airlines, I mean, this, it differs amongst a lot of the different airlines, but uh, certainly I think a lot of people will be very happy with that. It's great that they're, that you can transfer them to different people as well. They don't have to be the, the, the person, the voucher doesn't have to be used by the person who is traveling. That's great to hear. Yeah, I, I think it just makes um, life a little bit easier for people um, just to have a credit voucher with us um, that they can use again. And as you say, 24 months, it is quite generous, but I suppose nobody knows exactly when things will get back to the new normal. Um, and a lot of people had said, oh, well, I'd rather go next summer or maybe it'll be next Christmas, you know, 21. So we just want to make sure people have an extended period of time so they can really use that. And if they can't, you know, they can always apply for a refund within that period as well. So if they have the best of intentions, but really they just don't get around to it, they can absolutely apply for a refund. Well, that kind of leads me nicely onto my next question. <laughs> 
Um, when do you think the flights, when do you think travel, leisure travel will be back um, between Ireland and the States? Like when will, do you think that travel ban will be lifted? Like what, what are your thoughts on that? I saw some scary thing there coming from the US Treasury there the other day. It was on Forbes saying that they don't even know if the, the ban will be lifted this year, which um, I they're, they're, they're trying to concentrate on domestic travel. But have you heard any more or are you have any more um, insight into when you think that, that we might be getting back to the States again? Well, obviously, what Stephen Munchen came out with was was not great news. Um, I don't know if he was speaking out of turn. Uh, we haven't got clarification from that as yet. But obviously, that affects us hugely because we are a US carrier and uh, our bread and butter is travel from Ireland to the US and connecting everyone around our network from internationally from there. Um, it's hard to say, Sarah. I mean, I've been in touch with um, a lot of the corporate industries, you know, like uh, Google and Facebook and LinkedIn, um, and they can't see from a corporate perspective travel picking up until October. But I think for leisure, people are really anxious to, you know, visit family and friends and, and maybe do their holidays that they had planned. But really, while the 14-day self-isolation um, is in play and um, until Trump lifts in the US and other border controls around Europe and worldwide lift uh, their borders for people to travel, I don't think we'll really see it. But um, let's hope at the tail end of summer, we would really like to see um, yeah. a lot of travel restrictions being lifted and things getting back to normal, be it with some safety restrictions in place. Yeah, it's, it's so hard to say. I mean, Simon Harris came out last week and said he didn't see any travel in Ireland this year. And then a couple of days later, you know, uh, Leo Varadkar says something else and Reiner and I showed this video today saying they're starting back in July. So I suppose, you know, we have to try and hope, don't we? But it wasn't, it, 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 it was pretty tough to read that um, to, to think that there'd be no international travel but let's hope as you say he was just speaking out of turn yeah I, and i think to be, to be honest a lot of people don't know and i think that's maybe they're talking from their own point of view of if yeah, they would travel yeah. or if they wouldn't travel um yeah. but i think from a lot of people i've been talking to both on the leisure side of the business and on the corporate side um i really don't think people will have the patience to, to wait a full year, you know, to, to get yeah. back into the air, to go and visit people. I mean, we were actually meant to travel um, to family uh, in March down to, to Cape Town uh, in South Africa. But unfortunately, we've had to put that on hold. But from a personal point of view, I'm really anxious to get down. You know, we haven't yeah. seen my husband's family now in, in a good year and a half. And it's long overdue. So really, as, as soon as things begin picking up and I can transit through Europe to get down, I'm certainly going to be putting plans in place uh, to go and visit them. I mean, Martina, it's it's hilarious. I was talking to Sarah about this earlier. Like, I don't know if you remember um, the times when people were smoking away like fag and mad on planes, you know, like, I mean, that can't have been very healthy either, you know, and then we got you. But you think about it, you know, it's mental. And it, now, I mean, you look at the way we've got used to all the terrorist, you know, restrictions and terrorism stuff, you know, with liquids and shoes on and off and belts, you know, and like, I guess this is just going to be another thing that we're just going to all get used to again, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. But it's probably only going to be temporary. And I can't see, I mean, airports can't 
adhere to social distancing, you know, for the amount of passengers they have. I mean, Dublin Airport, Dalton Phillips came out last week and said they would never be able to cater for that amount of passengers that they did in 2019 if they had to have social distancing in place in every, mm. you know, uh, yeah. customer journey point within the airport. So I think it would be an easing back. Um, and in the meantime, until either a vaccine is found or really we've we've gone past the second peak, um, we will have to put up with these kind of, um, you know, spacing out and social distancing and, you know, wearing masks on planes. But for the most part, I think a lot of people will just, you know, get used to it yeah. and, um, you know, make the most of it as we have done in supermarkets and any of the public spaces that we're in. Um, and even on aircraft, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, flying sometimes can cause issues. But actually, for the most part, um, all of the air filtering systems as well on our aircraft moves up to 99.7 of airborne particles. So actually, it's probably safer than being in a supermarket um, once the, the correct measures are put in place. Well, it certainly would be safer than being outside Little or Aldi on a Thursday anyway. <laughs> with, with, a, with, a barbecue, with a barbecue sale on like last week. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally agree with you. I just think we, we have to get used to a certain level of social distancing. And, you know, it's not going to be two metres, but, you know, we have to accept a certain level. We were Myself and Ed were talking about this earlier. It is going to be. I mean, interesting that you, you, you were saying you were keeping the middle seats free because a lot of airlines are saying they can't do that. Is but that just temporary? Or? Yeah, it's only temporary, Sarah, because yeah, we do yeah. have a huge amount of um, domestic traffic. There were still, well, not a yeah. huge amount, but we still have some key mm. routes that were flying domestically. Um, and we do have some international routes as well. But at the moment, our load factors um, are such that we are generally able to keep the middle seat free. Yeah. Um, but for most airlines, and, and Michael O'Leary was, was speaking on point, I feel, when he did say that the majority of break-even um, break load factors would have to be in excess of 80% for you mm -hmm. to turn a profit. Um, and he's not wrong. So long-term, it's something that's just not financially sustainable. Yeah. But in the meantime, while we're running on a very reduced schedule, with reduced load factors, we're able to do that. And we yeah. try and enforce it as much as we can at check-in um, when people do it online or, or actually at the airport. But again, you know, Sarah, for how long? We won't be able to do that yeah, full time. So yeah. there has to be other things in place that we put in yeah. to make people feel comfortable and travelling. Yeah, well, absolutely, Martina. And hopefully the, um, you know, this 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 um, herd immunity will kick in at some stage as well in the populations in different countries, which is what they're hoping for, which would be the best kind of thing for the planet as well. Um, I suppose, Martina, in terms of fares, it's a very difficult one as well, because, I mean, it is all about, I mean, everyone, I think, understands that nobody, I mean, and the airlines are, are, are have suffered so much from this whole um, pandemic. But, you know, you can't continue to run at a loss, obviously. But do you think fares, Martina, will... Um, you'd still you'd still have to try and keep fares at a fairly affordable level, I guess. Like you can't, you don't think scares fares are going to skyrocket, or a lot of people were worried about that as well. Um, I don't think. I mean, it's very hard to say. Ed, I mean, you know, Michael is saying that he's going to put in very low fares with Ryanair to try and drive um, mm. demand, and, and that's he's a low cost carrier. That's that's really what he's renowned for. Um, but with so many airlines, you know, going into Chapter Eleven, Avianca just filed for Chapter Eleven today. Um, Air Mauritius went into voluntary administration. Virgin also um, are, are in major financial problems. So perhaps by the time, I mean, it's now May, I don't know exactly when everyone's going to be back in the sky at even a 70 or 80% capacity of what they were. 
there, there may not be as much um, flights serving those points um, as there was, you know, 12 months ago, Ed. And of course, we've made massive losses, <laughs> all airlines have within that time. So yeah. it's going to be hard to balance, um, you know, making making money and getting the right profits for the remaining quarter of, of, of 2020 um, and driving demand with, with good fare. So I think you may see, if airlines haven't done it already, the, um, the unbucketing of certain things, you know, like um, extras for bags, extras for, you know, meals, etc. So that may come into play where, um, you know, unbundling of different parts of the ticket. But I don't think fares are going to be very cheap. Yeah, I, I was a bit surprised that, that there was talks of sales as well, unless it's literally one weekend, you know, lead in just to get people thinking of travel again. But I couldn't, I was surprised that anyone would think long term that, that air, now I have seen a lot of people say there'll be loads of sales, but I, I wouldn't have thought, sure, Michael Leary, they can't even sell their uh, scratch cards on the plane or anything like how they make money. So um, and they're duty free and all these kind of things. So no, I I uh, I, I would agree with you there. I think it's um, unless uh, depending on the amount of, of, of flights, obviously that are going to be in disguise. If there's going to be less less flights, uh, and depends on the demand. But um, I can see there being really really cheap flights everywhere, like like a few people have said anyway. I think yeah. also you know there's a lot of pent up demand in terms of corporate and leisure, but a lot of pent up demand in leisure. Um, and also, we must remember that a lot of people that wanted to travel still want to travel. And these um, flights have been put off to the latest stage either this year or into 2021. So actually, probably you're going into 2021 with already people that have rebooked as yeah. much as they can on flights, rebooked their holidays. Um, and my husband is uh, fortunate or unfortunate enough to also work in the travel business in quite a high end travel agency. And he was even saying with some of the um, places that he's trying to rebook people for, um, he can't get availability for the summer of 21 already because um, they have so minimum rooms that actually people that have been trying to put off the holidays till next year have already booked in because the demand will be worldwide. It's not just Ireland. Everywhere yeah. has been trying to you know, put off their holidays. So actually you may find that next year there may not be a huge amount of availability in terms of you know, uh, beds in terms of, you know, tours and, and also flights, depending on what way it goes for, for each airline and, and um, tour operators out of this. Yeah, no, that's very true, Martina, because I was speaking to um, one of the big operators who operates Croatia here in Ireland, and they were saying that they have contracted a lot of stuff for July. And of course, Croatia, they're actually opening up now. Their restrictions are, they're, they're easing back now as well. So they're looking for business also this summer so it'll be very interesting again and again another country that hasn't been terribly hardly or you know hit too badly by the whole pandemic either which is which is interesting to see what will happen there yeah and i mean a lot of people will flock to these areas you know because there has been no major border control um, mm. and i think you know other parts of of europe uh, like malta etc haven't really been hugely affected so, but the main places, you know, like, you know, the most popular destinations that we all travel to in Spain and Portugal and Italy, et cetera, that have had some impact, um, the availability probably will be quite tight for next year. So, you know, people shouldn't really put off booking things until late next year because, well, 
they may not have the pick of the crop. No, absolutely. And um, we were saying earlier there, we can, I mean, the, the pilot flights, the, the digital kind of health passports that they're bringing in with the Canaries. And then Portugal has brought in this new clean and safe campaign, mm. which is going to be, you know, putting in like sort of a, where you get a stamp, you would say that you're COVID-19 um, registered and that you have, you know, fulfilled all the criteria for cleanliness and stuff. So that's all very, very positive. I mean, they're all, they're all getting, coming to the party on that one, which is great, I think. I think it's fantastic. And I mean, it's amazing in times of crisis, you know, um, either be it companies or tourism boards and the whole travel industry as a whole, we're very um, easy to pivot and adapt because they've been doing it for so long. Um, we get impacted by absolutely everything that comes our way from a global perspective. And it's great to see, you know, countries and tourism boards saying, right, well, what do we have to do now to, you know, get back customer confidence? And we've been doing that in United as well. So, it's really just to make sure people feel comfortable and confident when they're traveling and when they're going to a destination. Um, and I think that's fantastic. Yeah, well, Martina, I remember one of my last last year, one of my best trips, I went to New York. I hadn't been for about three or four years and um, I had a fantastic time there. And uh, I flew over with United and back and I love the service. And I must say the planes were spotless then. So it'll be, it'll be a hard job to get them even cleaner, I'd say. But <laughs> I remember having a fabulous trip. I mean, you know, chomping at the bit to get back again. But just, Martina, moving away from that, um, I mean, in terms of uh, yourself and in terms of the airline industry, how, how are you coping yourself with this lockdown and working from home and the new the new vista that we're in? Um, well, I, I worked from home for 10 years for the best part of the job I had done previously. So I have like I'm quite lucky that I do have a space and a home office set up. Um, but I think it's different because my husband's now also working from home. So we've divided the house in two. I'm upstairs and he's downstairs and. We have to tiptoe around each other if we want to make lunch or a sandwich or, you know, cups of coffee. But um, sometimes, I, you know, I, I really do miss the personal interaction, you know, of meeting someone and, and having a chat. And I think it's fantastic that we have all of these, um, you know, Zoom calls and Microsoft Teams, which is fantastic. And all of the other things that we have that enables us to be able to get business done so effectively. Um, working from home and remotely and I don't know what would have happened if we hadn't had these technologies in place um, I love it Martina I love your upstairs he's downstairs do you ring a little bell when you're a bit peckish you want a little sandwich <laughs> and does, does he come I'd say he's very good that way is he well he's, he's a great cook Ed actually <laughs> so but, but for the most part he's worse than me with his conference calls they seem to be on conference calls all the time um, so it's like um, it's like musical chairs you know when I want to go down and make noise in the kitchen he goes upstairs with the laptop I'm coming downstairs with the laptop um so we kind of like you know ships in the night until around six or seven o'clock until we all join up again for, for dinner or um I drag him out for a walk to get some fresh air but um it's, we're getting used to it now at this stage uh and making the most of it you know but we're not working from home as I keep on telling myself we're we're trying to work as effectively as we can in the middle of a crisis. It's not the same thing. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And I think the video, I think, Sarah, you were saying that the video calls were, I mean, certainly we were all excited about it because we were, you know, it was nice that we were all able to communicate again. But um, yeah, I find I've, I've signed up for, I signed up for so many things that I kind of, I, now I'm finding like that I'm, I'm not sure what I'm doing at the moment. So yeah. it can be quite tiring. They're taxing though a lot of these Zoom calls. 
and, yeah. and, and like God forbid now you have to put a bit of makeup on and everything again <laughs> no well know? I don't really and wear too much up. makeup Sarah I just like a bit of lippy and a bit of foundation you know yourself <laughs> it's terrible how used to how, how used to Martina you probably get dressed up all the time or put on your makeup all the time absolutely but, um, do not Sarah I'm not saying you know I've paid so much money by commuting and also makeup and I mean yeah. I have a whole wardrobe of clothes that I'm hoping at some stage, A, I'll be able to fit into because I seem to be just snacking every which way I can. Yeah. And probably by the time I have to go back to the office, I may have to seriously go back onto some kind of slimming program to get back into all of these clothes again. Yeah, yeah. no, Martina, please. My stretch pants are now just pants. So I don't really <laughs> want to talk about the weight yeah. thing at the moment. But anyway, um, Sarah, you had a very serious question there, which I thought was quite interesting in that we don't actually have a government, but you had a question for Martina about oh. the, the government we don't have at the moment. Well, I suppose I was just generally thinking, you know, what how you, you felt they were doing and, you know, particularly with regard to travel. And that I know Irish hotels are opening the 18th of July and the talk, how, how do you, the, the self-isolation thing and just generally how you feel they're... they're, they're, they're um, doing in relation to the travel industry well you know sarah i think um you know leo as, as our acting patient at the moment because he wasn't actually voted back in and we're still waiting to see how that pans out i think they've done an excellent job um i mean what you need from leadership be it in a government and organization is quick action you know and being very communicative on what they're doing and i think they've done that so considering the absolutely unprecedented uh, times that we're living in. Um, I'm actually quite proud, you know, how our government have, have handled everything. I know the, the self-isolation and the 14-day, um, should they have been tracking that a little bit better? It's now that they haven't been doing as good a job. But I think it was very, very difficult, you know, to try and um, get everything right first time round. But I think we've done much better than some countries. And uh, if you listen to other leaders from other countries speaking and what they've been doing, um, yeah. well, I think I think we are, we're not doing so bad here. And I think um, I, I really hope that, um, you know, I suppose that everyone understands and gives them a bit of a break. But Leo can be a little bit um, cold <laughs> and mm -hmm. unempathetic. I think he was accused of before. But in fact, um, I think he's made a real effort. So I'm yeah. quite pleased with how they've been forming from a personal level. Yeah, good. I know. I do. I think it's difficult for travel because, you know, your heart is telling you one thing, you know, and, you know, you, you don't want there to be the 14 day isolation. You want us to be able to travel again. But at the same time, you have to, you know, you know what's right for the country. So it, it is sort of a it's a difficult position to be in. Uh, but no, I agree. Which I think he's yeah, I think, Martina, you're spot on there because and I think the the um the COVID nineteen the, the the system they put in place for employees and employers and the the generous I think it was quite a generous um, um support that they put in place and I think you know the fact that they just decided to let's just avoid any panic I think that's just been so great and in fairness like definitely um hats off to them for that I think that is that is and hopefully that it'll it'll be there you know and people won't get panicked about things until we're sort of in a situation again where we have some stability and then you know we can talk about how we're going to all pay it back later you know well the good thing about it is i suppose we're part of a bigger picture and this is where being part of the eu you know but times like this actually plays to us because um 
it's, we're not just on our own and everyone else is in the same boat within the EU. So I'm really hoping that they will join together and come back with some kind of an EU strategy to, to come out the other side of this COVID mm. crisis. Um, but speaking on the 14 day again, Sarah, at some stage it will have to be lifted. You know, we can't yeah. go on like this as mm. we go through the different phases that have been outlined. They really then have to look at does the 14 day make sense as they're you know, lifting for internal travel within Ireland in July. Then by the time that we come to phase five, do we have to relook at that 14 day um, yeah. self-isolation? Because to, to be fair, nobody really will travel unless that is lifted. Um, yeah. And I think that has to be done yeah. on a phased approach, yes. But at some stage, there does have to be some communication as to when that would happen. So at least people can make plans. Yeah, exactly. Because I think that at the moment, it's very difficult to, to make plans if you know you have to self-isolate when you come back. It's it's it, That's even for even for companies and people with annual leave and things like that. It's just it's just not, uh, you know, it's all very well see, see, saying Ryanair right are going to be flying in July. But if you have to self-isolate on your return, it's just not going to be much good. But I do, I, I, I'm hearing some news coming from the, um, the EU that they're, they're, they're going to announce something now in the next couple of days and maybe some sort of... Um, there might be a different situation for EU members compared to other countries. So I suppose we just have to wait and see um, what that announcements are in the next couple of days. Yeah, well, Absolutely. a joint up strategy would be great. So let's let's hope that they give some kind yeah. of communication on that soon. Yeah, absolutely, Martina. And listen, um, you were talking already. I was going to. I mean, it's like the, you know the nice question you get asked when you were in the when you go to the hairdressers. I wonder if any of us remember what that's been like. But um, going to the hairdressers. Um, but have you any holiday plans yourself? Now you've already said South Africa, I guess. Yeah. Oh, I've loved Ed. I, this is the longest. You know what? I actually, I, I couldn't tell you the amount of flights I did last year, but I do have a tendency to travel quite substantially. Um, because obviously my, my husband and myself are both in the travel industry, so we really do take advantage of that as much as possible. Um, but this is the longest I have actually been on the ground without being on a plane. I can't get over it. I mean, it's like mm -hmm. eight weeks at this stage. Um, so we had planned to go to France, actually, um, the latter part of August. Uh, and we were going to take the car and um, go on the ferry um, and spend 10 days in northern France around Normandy. And I haven't had the heart to cancel it, and I really hope I don't have to. So mm -hmm. I still have all the lovely little accommodations booked and my whole plan to go around normally for 10 days. Um, and fingers crossed, all well and good, I'll still be doing that. Um, and then I had a weekend planned in um, Inishbofen, actually, oh, in May, okay. which we've had. Yeah, we've had to kick that out now to September. Um, but oh, I can't wait, absolutely can't wait to get back traveling again. and. Mm -hmm. And, you know, getting our lives back to normal. Um, I'm, I'm getting kind of, I'm under house arrest, I feel. <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely. And I mean, France, that, sound, that, sounds, that sounds wonderful. And I'm sure you will get down to, um, to um, South Africa as well, which is another place, that, of course, that's just amazing. You know, and I think a lot of people are the same. Sarah, I'm sure you're the same as well. I'm, I'm planning July uh, for Sitges on the 18th of July. Um, so I'm hoping I can get there. I still have my yeah. apartment booked. <laughs> well, I suppose, I think a lot of people really are just, you know, don't want to cancel. And, and I hope you don't have to cancel, Ed, because it'll be such a lovely time of the year to go. And uh... No, absolutely. Oh, God, we'll, we'll appreciate it so much more. Can you imagine 
just even being able to go to the beach and get into the sea and oh my god I I, I can't wait I, I, I really I mean to think the three of us were supposed to be in Vegas too I know. <laughs> oh, we're going. Anyway, yeah. we're, we're, that's just a postponement for sure, guys. Yeah. I've never been to Vegas. No, imagine neither of us have now. So it would be. That's, it's absolute yeah. disgrace. And, uh, you know, Las Vegas Tourism Board really are we're very disappointed we have to cancel. But it was right in April. Um, but absolutely, we we have to get that back because um, Vegas is such a an amazing um, part of the world. With lots of different things on offer for everybody. So really, we'll have to get that back in the diary again. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. And what goes in Vegas goes on Ends social media. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget have, that, guys. You have to get to, no to sign, you know, sign something before you go. <laughs> okay, brilliant. Well, listen, Martina, before we finish up, I just, an interesting fact, in 1965, United Airlines introduced its famous slogan, fly the friendly skies. And I think that was really interesting. The guy who coined that phrase um, from the agency who came up with this said, let us show the public our warm, good guy, genuine concern side, as well as the efficient side they already appreciate in us. And Martine, I think that encapsulates yourself and all the lovely staff that actually work in United Airlines. And I hope that it, this all comes about or writes itself soon now and that everybody is flying the friendly skies again. Well, we're looking forward to having you on board, Ed and Sarah. Absolutely. And thank you so much. It was so wonderful to talk to you guys this evening. Uh, great to talk to you too. Great, Martina. Thanks a million. And vive la France. <laughs> I hope so. Thank you for listening to the Travel Lounge podcast with myself, Ed Finn. And myself, Sarah Snottery. Edited and produced by our award-nominated producer, Martin Flannery. You can follow Ed on at Edfin Travel and myself, Sarah, on at Travel Expert underscore IE on Twitter. And you can contact us with your travel question to info at thetravellounge.ie. So please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. It's available on all podcast platforms and you can leave a nice review as well. All the best. Bye. 